It felt unnatural preaching to doctors and nurses and orderlies in my, in my underwear. They, they couldn't get out of there quick enough. <laughs> well, bye. I want to help you make disciples today. Okay? I want to uh, I want to show you through the word of God what that looks like. Matthew 28:16 through 20. Matthew writes, "Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go." When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Go. He says, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, And be sure of this, God doesn't give a command what he doesn't give a promise. Be sure of this. And and incidentally, uh, I love the King James on this because he's preaching to short people. It says in the King James, lo and lo, I'm with you always. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of this age. So this message... Is about, is about taking our orders from God seriously. No slackers are belong here. It's, it's a call to stop living passively in a lost and dying world. You know, this world is just sailing by and, and we'll, we'll uh, hunker down and, and get our head under the, under the covers. And uh, I got a dog that does that. And he doesn't... The, the, the world just passes him by, and as long as he's under there with me, under the covers, it doesn't, there's not a problem in the world that he has. There's, there's nothing that bothers this critter. And Christians are a lot like my dog Bentley. They get under the covers and just think that the whole world's going to pass him by and it's not going to affect him because we don't see it. We don't experience it. And yet... The devil doesn't care. He, he wants us to stay under there. He wants us to, to, to take ourselves out of the fight. And, and that's when he puts the whammy on us. It's a call of, to, uh, to do our duty of making disciples of Jesus. Let me illustrate this. You tell your, your child to go clean their room or your grandchild or your kids, your husband, go clean your room. And you say, I want you to pick up all the clothes, I want you to make the bed, I want you to throw away the trash, and then vacuum. What have you done here? You've given a specific directive on how this was to be taken, how this was to be done. uh, I don't know about you, but I had a daughter, my youngest daughter, uh, she lived out of a clothes basket. Oh, we have some that way. Some things never change. 
They're clean clothes. I'm, I, I, this is a solo act. So, so they, 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 will, they will live out of this, out of this basket. And I'd had my fill of my daughter living that way, and you go up into her room, and there's clothes. I, I didn't know that we had that, that kid had that many clothes. I mean, she had clothes, and they were clean, but, but uh, hangers don't belong on the floor with the clothes still in them, on them. And so all these clothes, so I figured, okay, I'm going to teach this kid a lesson, a valuable lesson. Everything that was in her drawers, I took out and put on the floor. Lesson did not work. Not only did I get in trouble with my daughter, I got in trouble with my oldest daughter, and I got in trouble with my wife. Why didn't I consult her before I took matters into my own hands? So the lesson I learned was don't go in my daughter's room. Well, you've explained to your kid what's involved. You pick up the clothes, make the bed, throw out the trash, vacuum the floor. And it's not a static process. It's something that has to be done. It has to be initiative taken. And Jesus did the same thing. He, he told us to make disciples, and then he went about showing us how to do it. And the first thing he did was he says, go. And the second thing he did was he says, baptize. And the third thing he did was teach them to obey. So let's talk about going. In order to make disciples, we have to follow the orders Jesus had given. And according to the context in which Jesus is talking, we have to understand one very basic thing. And it is, it's, it's, it's very, very basic. We're to make disciples of Jesus, so understand that this underlying each point today the first thing that has to happen is we've got to go. It's not static. As in the illustration of telling your child to clean his or her room, the first thing you have to do is go. If we're going to be serious about making disciples, we've got to go. We've got to go to where people are. We've got to go to where these folks that don't know Christ or maybe they do know Christ and they just haven't grown, we've got to go to them and make disciples. It doesn't happen in this room. Well, it can. And, and, it's, and it's, there's the, we have that opportunity to reach the lost in this room. And, and that's a great, great thing when that does happen. Amen. But then we just kind of let it... And it's stagnant. Because we haven't grabbed on to that main purpose of what Jesus told us to do. Go. Go. Go to the people. Baptize them. Make disciples. Teach them what I commanded you. And, and, and this, is the, this is the point. Many people begin to get scared and, and you know, they don't want to go. They don't want to go to Africa or China or South America. You know, I want to stay right here where I'm comfortable. And, and there's a song. I, did you pick that? Matt, did you pick that up? 
That, no, 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 I just, I'm just, because I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> what? I don't know the tune. <laughs> anyway, the song is, Please Don't Send Me to Africa. It's a cute song. And it goes like this. Oh, Lord, I'm your willing servant. You know I have been for years. I'm here in this chair every Sunday and Wednesday. I've stained it with many a tear. I've given you my years, years of my service, and I've always given my best, and I've never asked you for anything much, so, Lord, grant me one request. And the chorus is, Please don't send me to Africa. I don't know what I got, what it takes. I'm just a man, not a Tarzan. I don't like lions, gorillas, or snakes. I'll serve you here in suburbia in my comfortable middle-class life. Please don't send me out into the bush where the natives are restless at night. Verse 2. I'll see that the money is gathered and I'll see that the money is sent and I'll wash and stack the communion cups. I'll even tithe 11%. I'll volunteer for the nursery and I'll go on the youth group retreat. I'll usher, I'll deacon, I'll go door to door just... Let me stay here warming this seat. Please don't send me to Africa. I don't think I have what it takes. I'm just a man. I'm not a Tarzan. I don't like lions, gorillas, or snakes. I'll serve you here in suburbia in my comfortable middle-class life. Please don't send me out into the bush where the natives are restless at night. Cute song. Unfortunately... This is what's happening in discipleship. We don't want to go. And we have all these excuses of not wanting to go. You know, we don't like lions. We don't like gorillas. We don't like snakes. We don't like the indigenous people. We don't like this. We don't like that. We're comfortable right in our own little corner of the world, right here in this chair. Don't ask me to do anything else. I'll sit here. I'll sing pretty, and I'll look nice. What we need to do is take what we learn from this place. And by the way, if you're not in Sunday school, we have a, a men's group. And, and I'll tell you, uh, this is a place, guys, you can be a man in this group. And you can even say and do stupid stuff. Now, we'll call you on it. Because that's what guys do. <laughs> but you can say things. You can say your, what's on your heart. You can, you can really express yourself and not be criticized for it. Right. And ladies, ladies, you have a unique group of, of, of people in the ladies group. Now, they don't let me in there, so I don't know what's going on. In fact, my wife doesn't even tell me what's going on. But I'll, I'll, I'll find one of you that'll clue me in. But, you know, this is, this is a place where, where you women can be women. You can talk about the things on your heart. You, you, can, you can talk about how are we going to move from, from, from A to B and not get trampled on because this is the way that we think as women. And, and guys, we get to go from A to B and not be criticized because we're just a bunch of hairy-legged old men. And when we then get together which is what we're going to do on the 6th of October, we're going to put all of our giftedness and all of our talents, all of our abilities, all of our imaginations 
into what kinds of things can we do here at Shawnee Heights Baptist Church to impact a lost and sin-sick and dying world? What can we do? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be an exciting time where we're going to really start understanding discipleship and then doing discipleship. This is most, uh, probably one of the most productive times of study you can have all week. And what we need to do is simply take what we learn and go tell it to others outside of this church building. Take it to the street. It's not an original idea, but somebody said put signs up on the, on the exit that says you're, not about to enter, you're about to enter the mission field. And that's true. Uh, somebody, someone has also said you're either a, a missionary or a mission field. You are either someone who needs it or someone who has it and needs to give it to others. And although uh, it it isn't original with me, it's totally appropriate because we need to take what we've got to the lost. The problem is that many Christians don't realize that and they think that like, uh, they they think like like I spoke about earlier that you, you have to go off to some far away place that doesn't speak our language, that, that I don't understand their culture in order for me to truly be able to impact the lost. And the beauty of it is, this our Jerusalem, that's the first place that, that Jesus told us to go. Our Jerusalem. We, our Jerusalem is here in Topeka, Kansas or, or uh, down south somewhere. Or, you know, where, wherever, you're, wherever you're coming from, the part of town. We don't have a language barrier. We, we don't have a, a cultural barrier. We understand who we're communicating with. And this is our Jerusalem, so it's what, how easy could Jesus make it than he has that he says, you don't have to learn this foreign language. You don't have to mess with snakes or bears or lions or tigers or any of that stuff. You just take your information and your knowledge and share it at your school, even at church, in your neighborhood. Luke 24, 47 says, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. He allowed me the liberty beginning in Topeka, Kansas beginning in Rossville, beginning on the south side, the north side. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Promise of God. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power, dunamis. It's the same word that we get our word uh, dynamo. If you've ever been to Las Vegas and you saw the, the, the huge uh, generators, the dynamos in the, under the dam, or I'm sorry, the water retention device, uh, where you, you, the, they store up electricity to power all of Las Vegas and, and even beyond. I, I don't Do they sell energy elsewhere than just Las Vegas, Don? Do they in, in there? So it's all over. And he says, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, that's neat. So I don't have to leave town? Nope. But if I want to leave town, leave town, can I go to, say, the Philippines? Yep. Can I, can I go anywhere God sends me? Absolutely. 
you're disobedient if you don't. God's plan for evangelism or making disciples begins right where we're at here in town. And, and Topeka is, for the majority of us, our mission field. So some is gonna, are going to take it further. Some will widen their field to the state of Missouri or Nebraska or Iowa. Part of taking our order seriously and fulfilling our commission is going out of these doors and putting into practice the teachings of the scriptures that we get on Sunday, that you get as you read your Bible, uh, having your devotions in the morning or in the evening. When you go out of this place today, remember that, uh, that people who don't know Jesus as their Lord and, and you are a living and breathing Bible to them. You're going to be judged. Sure you are. Every one of us is going to be judged. We're going to be judged by the way we act. We're going to be judged by the way we talk. We're going to be judged by the way we live, whether God is real and His Word is true, whether we live that way or not. We're going to be judged. And you may be the only contact they ever have with the living Scriptures, and it's imperative that people see Christ in you. So go out today and live out the Word of God. Don't play games. Be genuine. Be authentic. Be real in your pursuit of holiness as you seek to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost. And as you do that, then we have our, uh, a, a, another the, a key component is discipleship. Teaching others how to live for Jesus Christ. Putting into effect putting into practice the entire counsel of God. So if you go out of here today not knowing what to do, then you need to seriously consider sitting down and reading the Word. Come back 9.30 next Sunday, and we're going to teach you some more about the Word. Well, the second thing is baptizing them. I've established a baptizing principle or baptizing principle and that principle is I believe that fathers shepherd their family if you're a father or a grandfather or a great grandfather and there's no significant man in this little boy or this little girl's life then you have a responsibility to baptize that child I'd love to do it, I enjoy doing it, but I enjoy even more watching you, dads, take up this mantle of biblical authority and leading your child in obedience in the ordinance of baptism. Now, I'm not going to argue or debate baptism this morning, I, I don't have to. I'm confident that most of you understand it. And if you have questions, you know, talk to, to one of the leaders afterwards and we'll, we'll talk to you about it. But it's clearly seen in Scripture that baptism is necessary, a necessary part in being a believer. Baptism is not something we can leave out of God's plan for making disciples. Just like the child you tell to clean their room in order for the room to be clean, you have to follow certain steps. 
And when you're in the business of making disciples, which if you're a Christian, baptism is necessary. Now let me just say this, that because there's some confusion on the subject of who is a disciple and who's a Christian, we need to be very, very careful and sure of what we're doing and why we're doing it. When we first share our witness with someone, telling them what Jesus has done for you and how he's changed your life and what he can do for their life, you're in the process of gaining trust. Everybody likes a, a uh, blood and guts testimony. We, everybody likes to hear those, those ooey-gooey, uh, I was a chainsaw murderer, axe murderer, and I got saved kind of testimonies. Yet, I don't, I don't want to brag on, on the devil. I want to brag on God. So, so he allowed me to live for 23 years as a pagan. And he's allowed me for 46 years to serve him in truth. So I got a whole lot more to be bragging about Jesus and a whole lot more to share to some uh, young person or even some older person about what Christ can do in the life of, that, of you as an individual. So let's brag about God and what he's done, not, not how we've served the devil. And when we do that, people are going to trust us if we're authentic, highest compliment I've ever been prayed, given, the high, absolutely highest compliment. As a friend of mine said, John, you're real. I've never met a preacher who was as real as you. And, and uh, I just don't try and hide my warts and wrinkles. I mean, because you got them, you know where they're at. <laughs> and you know where mine are at. So uh, we get that out of the way. We don't have any surprises, right? They have to, though, see in us the word lived out. And when they trust the word lived out in us, they begin trusting Jesus Christ. They see it's real in my life. They're going to start accepting that the reality of Jesus and what it can be in their life. And it's at that point when they trust Christ and that and, and they follow that trust in Christian baptism. So before, you were, before they were following you in, in the way you were showing them to Christ, but after they're following Jesus Christ through obedience to the Word. I hope you see that at baptism, it's when someone first becomes a Christian and a disciple of Jesus. That's why it's the, the, the next part of seriously making disciples so important. That's why we're going to take four weeks of, of engaging one another in this, in this discipleship process so we know and we can get excited about it. So it can be, you know, it, it's not just the frozen chosen. It's not just us four and no more. It's, the, it's, it's reaching out and, and doing kingdom building to fill this place to overflowing. I still have plans upstairs somewhere of this new sanctuary because this one is going to be outgrown. The third thing is teaching them to obey. Colossians 1, 6-10 says, 
The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your life from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is the Christ's faithful servant, and he's helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we've not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you will live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Discipleship. If you study the last verse in this passage, you're going to find that Paul is encouraging people to walk worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work, to increase in their knowledge of God. This is the heart of, the biblical, of biblical discipleship. I first got saved and I couldn't, I, I was like a sponge, I couldn't get enough. I, I, would, I would drive my, my friends who'd been, who'd been in the Lord for a while and, and grew up as, as believers, I drive them nuts asking them all these, all these questions and I, and, and I did because I didn't know. Jesus did what? Well, yeah, I know he died on the cross. I know all that, but, but what do you mean he went down to hell and preached? And, and what do you mean about this thing called revelation? And what do you mean, the rapture? What in the world is a rapture? Uh, that, that's, that, that sounds like it hurts. <laughs> But I was a sponge. You know, and, and sadly to say, my, my sponge is drying out. And I want it to be absorbent again. I want it to soak up more of Jesus again. I, wanna, I want it to be where it's, you know how, how you can fill that sponge up and it's drippy with water? The water's just dripping off it. Yeah, not, another, not another drop of water can, can go in this sponge. And it's just dripping all over everything. I want us to do that. I want us as, I want myself to, to be drippy with Jesus. And everywhere I go so I can drip a little bit on, these, on, on people. And you can too. And we become disciple makers and kingdom builders. As Christians, we need to know who God is and be firmly established in his word. Our faith can't be kept to ourselves. We don't live in a vacuum. Another aspect of biblical discipleship is stretching our knowledge and understanding of God and, again, sharing that with other people. So he says, Jesus says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So what is it that we're to teach them? All that he commanded. And his commands are in his word and they continue to be lived out through scripture even today. So we're to teach them the Word of God. That's discipleship making. And that's the cycle of making disciples. A Christian shares with someone through their life and words about Christ and their salvation. And that person trusts Christ as Savior, following that in baptism. Then they learn what Jesus commanded in His Word. And then it begins all over again where they are giving it out. Where are you in that process? Where are you in the process of discipleship? Are you a disciple? No, 
Nobody wants to disciple me, John. Are you a discipleship maker? A, dis a, a disciple maker? I really don't know what to do. Well, good, because we can help you in that regard. We can show you how to be a disciple maker. And if you truly want to be a disciple, we're going to find somebody that is going to walk arm in arm with you. Young ladies, we're not going to stick some guy with you to be your disciple. We're going to find a godly woman or women, and that's who's going to walk the walk with you. And maybe you're at a place where, where you are, are a, as a young woman, are a disciple, a discipler. And what you need isn't necessarily a disciple maker, but a mentor where they can mentor you in your walk. And see, that's what we're wanting to do in, in the church today. We're wanting to equip one another to be able to, to accomplish this to reach the lost and make them productive citizens of, of heaven, bearing fruit, bearing much fruit. So somewhere in all this, we all fall, and somewhere there's many of us that fail, and we stop the cycle of discipleship. So, so leave here today, my friends, and live out the Word of God. Take up the process of discipleship where you may have left off days, months, even years ago. Let's get serious again about our Christian duty to make disciples. Amen? Father, we thank you. We praise you for your word. There's not a thing in your word that, that, that doesn't lend itself to this discipleship process. And Lord, may it not just be a process, may it be a, a, a way of life. Lord, may we be excited about reaching the lost. Bring those people to us. Lord, bring the lost into our lives. Give us the courage that we can share your fa our faith with them and that they would respond. And then that we would be able to to get them connected with someone who would be able to disciple them and thereby Lord build your church I thank you for that and Lord if there's one here today that does not know you as Savior this is the first step in, in discipleship you, you can't be a disciple without being a child of God Lord, if, if there is one here today that does not know you as Savior, may this be the day that they say, Lord Jesus, I don't understand it all. But in the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me my sin, come into my life and save me. I believe when you died on the cross, you died in my place that I could live with you in eternity forever. And I thank you for it. In your son's name, amen. Matt.